What is up? It is the 1st of December, 2019. I am Norman James, host of the Leafs Convo podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford. The Maple Leafs coming off a 2-1 win over Mike Jello's Buffalo Sabres at Scotiabank Arena. They are 4-1 <laughs> and one in their past five. Sheldon Keefe has taken the helm, and he's running with it. Mr. Ajello, happy belated Thanksgiving, and I think we should be thankful that the Leafs have seemed to turned around. Good morning, Norm. I'm thankful for the invention of Alka-Seltzer mm-hmm. after a very filling mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, um, and thankful that the, the Maple Leafs seem to have, to have righted yep. the ship under Sheldon Keefe. Um, as you said, 4-1. and one. Um, the, the one, which I was a witness to in Buffalo on Friday afternoon was a particularly embarrassing game because they had that game under control up to nothing in the second period and then sort of stopped playing. And uh, we'll go into that in a little bit, but, you know, four out of a possible five, uh, you know, eight of, or sorry, eight of a possible 10 points, uh, is a good direction after losing six in a row. And uh, right now, if you look at the standings in the Atlantic Division, everybody's stacked up from 31 to 27 points. So every victory right now. I'm not counts. worried about the standings, Mike. I haven't been worried about the standings at all because when all is said and done in terms of the regular season, I think this will be among the upper echelon. Again, it's Stanley Cup or bust for this team every single year for the foreseeable future, considering the talent it has and the mandate um, that's on everyone's plates. But a couple of nice things, at least over the last five games, coming to fruition. Uh, the Leafs in the plus side of wins versus losses. Obviously, more goals and goals, um, more goals for than goals allowed, which is really nice. And I guess if you care about it at this point, at least optically, it's good to see the Leafs among the playoff teams as opposed to chasing. Uh, the playoff pack again that's just the those are optics right now but they're positive optics and certainly an improvement over where the team uh had been languishing for the past month and a half yeah i mean i think there's a lot to say about positive optics when it comes to the way the team was playing in the last couple weeks before uh, mike babcock was fired i mean they didn't look like they were interested or involved or getting what the coach wanted them to do or capable of doing <coughs> what the coach wanted to do. And, and if you look, if you look at the way the team has played under Keith, I mean, there've been subtle changes, but it was, it was funny. Um, Ralph Kruger, the Sabres coach had commented on Friday afternoon about there not being much of a difference between uh, other than emotion between the way the team uh, was playing under Babcock and under Keith. And I, I was like, what are you talking about? Because it's sort of night and day what the team is doing. You know, there you don't see as many of these long stretch passes that the that the Leafs were doing all the time under under Babcock. Um, there was sort of a big gap between the forwards and the defense. Now you see a five man unit coming up the ice in terms of an offensive attack, and when the avenues are not there, they circle back, they pass back into their zone, they, they regroup. And I think those subtle changes, and I think that that, that will benefit them because they, they're used to playing that style with Keith with the Marlies, half of the roster played from mm-hmm. Keith with the Marlies. And uh, I think it benefits their, you know, their skill set. So right now, everything is in a positive direction except for that one hiccup uh, at the at Key Bank Center yeah, in Buffalo on Friday. Yeah, the freshening up of the agenda is nice. The tactics, the game plan, the strategy, these are all things that – will favor the Leafs 
have favored the Leafs and will continue to do so um, as the games progress here in the future. But the Leafs are the Leafs. You can change the strategy. Uh, you can get guys to do different things, uh, reimagine a few things. But the bodies are the bodies. And at the end of the day, this team will still lack unless it is added to uh, when push comes to shove. Yeah, I mean, you look at this team right now, and I think that you, you're getting performances over the last six games that you would not have gotten under Babcock. I mean, Jason Spezza, until he was rested yesterday in the second of back-to-back games, I believe had six points in his last six games. So you're getting what a lot of people expected out of Jason Spezza when they signed him to a league minimum deal in July. He's contributing. He's providing secondary offense. And really, when teams try to shut down Matthews or Tavares, which Mm -hmm. is tough to do because you have two first-line level centers – you know, it's tough to shut them down and to shut a third and fourth line down. So balanced offense is going to be a key for the Leafs going forward. Thompson Dion on Twitter. It's now on Dubas to get his coach a reliable backup. Who would be a solid option, Mike? Well, I was in favor of giving Hutchinson another chance on Friday after, you know, five starts with Babcock, where he was in the second of back-to-back. The teams didn't play well in front of him. I thought he played well at times in those games. Um, he didn't play well in Buffalo. He played well in the first period, and then the second period when Buffalo scored four goals, I think at least two of them should have been stopped and weren't. It's simply the thing now where they win a game with Anderson, and Anderson is making four or five, ten bell mm-hmm. saves to save their bacon last night against the Sabres, and they didn't get those saves out of Hutchinson in the second and third period where they needed them. As to uh, Thompson Dion's question, um, the the few names that I mentioned, one was Jack Campbell, the backup in Los Angeles. Um, now, he's under contract for another two years after this year, but this year he's making less than $700,000. He's got a two-year extension, making like one6 That's a bit of a commitment, but they have – uh, they have Jonathan Quick and they have Cal Peterson, a really good prospect in the minors, so they could afford to trade a backup goaltender. Uh, Pittsburgh also has uh, Casey DeSmith mm. in the minors, who's making a million bucks, and Tristan Jari, who's a, a probably a future number one. So I don't know if they would be anxious to give up, give up uh, either one of those guys. The thing is, everybody knows the Leafs need a backup, so the price yep. is going to probably be more than everybody expects. It's it. Eric Comrie, who was with Winnipeg and was a goaltender with Arizona, got traded for a minor defenseman to to Detroit because Jimmy Howard is hurt and Bernier was sick. I don't see the Leafs getting a backup goaltender, at least one worth his salt, for that Mm -hmm. low of a price. They're probably going to have to give up something significant, and that's going to probably be a a cost that they don't want to pay. Are the Leafs the perfect backup goaltender away from legitimately contending for the Stanley Cup? I don't think so. I think they need more than that, Mike. So a, a backup is part of what Kyle Dubas is seeking to add to the team. It'll, it wouldn't hurt, right? But uh, we'll find out um, as we approach the trade deadline what glaring, glaring, glaring holes must be uh, filled or addressed uh, for the team to safely go forward towards the playoffs um, and you know give this team uh, – you know, real sense of possibility as opposed to, um, you know, limiting the probability that the team is going to uh, do anything when push comes to shove. 
Guys inside the community section, let us know how you feel about the podcast. Please like and subscribe, uh, especially on YouTube. We are rounding third base and chugging home feverishly towards uh, 1 million hits and listens on all platforms, which is a big deal for us. So let's all get there together. Let's get there sooner rather than later. Anthony at Ant Tags 98. What's been your favorite part of watching these new Leafs, Mike? I, I think there's a little more joy in watching them play. They're definitely, I mean, if you saw the, the games immediately after Babcock's firing, when they're celebrating mm-hmm. goals, it's, I mean, they're t- they're, there's a lot more, I think, happy feeling. I think they, after a while, it just got oppressive under Babcock. And, you know, I'm not going to go back and say that, that, that the, the tenure of Babcock in, in Toronto was not a beneficial thing because it got this team from being a, from being at the level of a joke to being a contending team. But at a certain point they reached a, 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 a mark where it was not being beneficial any longer. And I think, um, you know, they are now ready to sort of spread their wings under Sheldon Keefe, who will not, I don't, is is not an authoritarian despot like uh, like Babcock was. So I just <laughs> I see a lot more uh, I see a lot more of a happy team, and they seem willing to do what Sheldon yeah. Keefe wants them to do. And if the, and based on his success at the American Hockey League level, if they follow what he wants them to do, I think there'll be some success. Yeah, you there. can't hate on Babcock for being who he is. It's a generational thing as, um, you know, the intelligentsia management and coaches and trainers get younger. You're going to see a different approach to, to dealing with players who are getting younger all the time. It is what it is. It's the sort of uh, evolution of where we're at. And, um, I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Sheldon Keefe. I love what he did with the Marlies, and I think he's going to be absolutely terrific leading the Toronto Maple Leafs. His partner in crime, Kyle Dubas, up in the general manager's box, pulling the strings, and these guys collectively trying to get the Maple Leafs to where they haven't been since 1967, atop the NHL, hoisting. The Stanley Cup, Mike, um, just a few things before we take off. Austin Matthews, what's your assessment of him real quick? Well, clearly Keefe has decided that the thing that Babcock wouldn't do, which was play Matthews and Tavares more than 20 minutes a night, lean on your stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keefe Keefe is not uh, shy about doing that. Now, when that happens, the star has to raise his level and be – uh, and and play like a star to to help the team win. And he played a season high almost 25 minutes against Buffalo, and his line was the worst line on the ice. He particularly was bad on the uh, game winning goal where Jimmy Vc scored on a pass where Matthews passed it from behind the net up the middle right onto Vc's tape mm-hmm. into the net. You know, a guy like Hutchinson can't make a save on that one because it's 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 a room service. But that line was particularly bad. And of course, go back to my our good friend William Nealander, who was minus four, doing some drop passes that were just, um, you know, not not smart. A uh, couple breakaways where he shot it shot mm-hmm. it into the glove of Linus Olmark, and then and second breakaway he did the same thing. Um, you know, you need your star mm-hmm. players to step up and. 
I think Matthews is capable of it, and he was critical of himself after the game, and I thought he played better in that line, played better on Saturday. But when he goes to these guys and says, I need you to play more, that means you have mm-hmm. to step up your level. Matthew, Matthews didn't on Friday. Uh, Tavares did on Saturday, and I'm sure that that will come uh, in, in the future because these guys are star players. Is William Nylander's success tied to flanking Austin Matthews? Like totally, fully, completely, Mike? Well, I don't think we're ever going to know that question because he's t- he's tethered mm. to Austin Matthews. Um, Matthews likes him on his wing. Nylander is a good playmaker, and it helps Matthews score goals. Um, you know, we've seen instances in the past where Nylander was played on the fourth line by Babcock or played at lower lines, and he wasn't yeah. as successful. So, uh, I, you know, it's been my – and I'm in the minority here. I know a lot well, of people on social media – No, 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 I'm just, listen, I'm just offering it as a preamble. I know a lot of people on social media will, will, uh, will disagree with my opinion, and they're free to do so. But the thing is, is that I believe William Nylander is a highly paid complimentary player. And you need mm-hmm. a guy you're paying seven million dollars to to be a to be somebody who can score on mm-hmm. his own. And I, I don't I don't know I still don't know four years into his career whether he can drive offense by yeah. himself or whether he's dependent on somebody. It's weird. Else he to was here it. before Marner. He was here before Austin Matthews. I mean, he should be the guy who leads the way, shouldn't he? Or William Nylander doing what he's doing right now is great. I love it. And I love the fact that he's, he's having fun out there. You can see there's a lot of joy, as you mentioned, Mike, um, not only for the Leafs, but for William Nylander and whatever makes him successful is great. And um, he's picking up points right now, doing extra things without Mitch Marner on the ice and forget about the uh, Nylander versus Marner battle. Let's all try to get along for two minutes and know that when Marner does get back, um, that's going to be huge for the team because Marner is the most naturally gifted player on the team. I mean, he's, he's five foot nothing, not a big guy. He's always had to kind of prove his worth uh, times two throughout his career because of his stature and because everyone was counting him out. Just ask his dad. Uh, but Marner typically does that. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting him back. <laughs> well, I was up uh, at the Leafs practice on Monday and uh, actually took some video of Marner skating around with Trevor Moore and some of the Leafs staff. Um, he wasn't playing at full speed. He wasn't operating at full speed, but he was on the ice. He was shooting. And uh, I think that, you know, probably that four week timeline, which is probably, I think it's uh, around December the 9th or 10th um, is, is accurate. Um, maybe they wait a little longer because it is a high ankle sprain. And we know the, the tendency of those injuries yeah. to come back if you rush them early so i mean the thing is also they're playing well without him and you know they they want him back but they want him back at 100 percent. so i think they'll you know practice a little patience i would say by mid-december Yeah, you won't have to change the system for mitch plug him in and he plays you put him on the fifth line he'll get points um you put him on the first line he'll get points and that's just that that's the truth john Tavares with the overtime winner that's a couple of overtime winners now in the last two weeks I'd like to see John John heat up because this guy is in the primish of his career. And we know that after the prime, you start to wind down a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying he's an old man by any means, but he was drafted in 2009. That's a decade. Um, John John, fill the net, my brother. Well, he's got 10 goals now, three goals in the last two games against Buffalo. I thought he was their best player last night. 
and obviously, as you said, got the overtime winner. I mean, the, the interesting thing is going to be when Trevor Moore and Mitch Marner come back, um, they're probably, you know, w- what we said before, when everybody was healthy, they're probably going to have to go down to 21 players. They've already sent Martin Marinson down to the minors, thankfully. And they're only at six defensemen right now. So usually you want to carry seven, but I think they may, since the Marlies are very close, they can go with six. Um, and, it, it, you know, that's mm-hmm. not going to really hurt them. But when Marner and, and Moore come back, uh, the decisions that Sheldon Keefe will have to make, guys like Nick Shore, I think, are going to get sent down to the Marlies. And guys like Jason Spezza, who might have been at risk of being waived, I don't think there's a chance of Jason Spezza oh. being waived. Well, why so, would you? Why? That's the kind of guy you want to have on your team. Look, he's he's doing well. And, and it's, again, um, one good game begets the next. Even for a guy of his stature and his sage and where he is um, uh, career-wise, you can win and lose your confidence and have it uh, either um, exacerbate or um, deflate where you're playing, right? And this guy has been able to string together games that make sense for him, make sense for the team. The idea that Spezza would be on the chopping block uh, in any way, shape, or form doesn't make any sense to me other than, well, he's just an old guy, get rid of him. I mean, he's doing what he needs to do. And you, Mike, when the playoffs come around, if that guy's got some energy in the tank, that's the kind of guy who can pot a, a big goal for you here or there or do play some crucial minutes for you at a time uh, where a guy like that is expected to do that. Yeah, and I believe that, you know, obviously when those players come back, then you're going to have – you know, the quality of your third and fourth mm-hmm. lines, you know, the players being moved out, like more will probably be a fourth line player. Whereas he was playing at times on the second line uh, a few weeks ago. So, you know, your fourth line will be much better. Your third line will be much better. And Marner will probably be playing with Tavares and Hyman. And, you know, it, it'll be nice to see what this team looks like with everybody healthy under a coach that they, I think, want Mike, to play for. Mike, did you for. see the video of me driving that Ford Explorer ST? on the community I channel. did not. YouTube.com slash the Leafs Convo. Mike, check it out sometime. You're on it. You're on it. I will. Um, anyway, <laughs> we had a uh, Ford Learn and Drive a couple of weeks ago, and I'm lucky to be alive. No, it's, 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 it's well, pretty well. No, I, not because of my driving, because of some of my um, colleagues driving, uh, but the Explorer ST, I was able to, sure, yeah, Norm. I, I was able to push, push it to the limit. That was a lot of fun. If you haven't seen the video, it's on the community section, guys. Uh, wanted to thank Oak Ridge Ford for their sponsorship. I know sometimes we get a little bit of pushback for the ads and stuff like that, but I don't know. You're not paying. We need somebody to help us uh, monetize what we are doing here. And uh, Oak Ridge Ford has stepped up to the plate. On that note, uh, it is Sunday, December 1st. Uh, One more day for the month of November. That means there's Black Friday money. There's 0% and I have free winter tires and rims. If you're local, and um, you, you want to buy yourself an early Christmas present and get a lot of money off and a lot of goodies uh, in the process of doing so, let me know inside the community section or you can get at me on Twitter at I am Norman James. I've had many listeners uh, reach out to me with their inquiries and propositions, like <laughs> with their trade-ins, um, <laughs> wanting to uh, see if we can get some deals together. And I really do appreciate uh, everyone who uh, supports the podcast and by extension checks out oakridgeford.com because they're helping pay some of the bills for us. And when that happens, uh, this 
project uh, stays alive and well. Last thing, Mike, the Leafs at Philadelphia on Tuesday. We've seen the Flyers a bunch already, but Leafs-Flyers, I mean, you can't poo-poo on that. That's always a fun time. Last word. Yeah, I mean, two shootout games a couple weeks ago, one win in Philadelphia, one loss in Toronto. So this will be the third and final matchup of two teams that are basically in the in the same situation, battling for positioning for a playoff spot. And then the following day, second of back-to-back, the return of Nazem Kadri to Toronto, which I'm sure will be very interesting, and I'm sure there'll be yeah. a video at oh, the Scotiabank boy. Arena. But, uh, but the, the, the question is – Will they have a new backup goaltender by Tuesday and Wednesday? Because Hutchinson right now would be starting one of those two games. I don't think so. I think that you know that Dubis is pursuing somebody, but um, I, I don't know whether that can be done in the next forty-eight hours. So Hutchinson will get one more start, probably. In hindsight, Mike, <laughs> Nazem Kadri, two years in a row, two playoff series in a row, two moments of weakness in a row. And that guy misses playoff games and series. And I mean, there you, you can you can say this. There were many contributing factors to the reasons that the Leafs lost in seven games to the Bruins two years in a row. But you cannot ignore the fact that they were without their second best center in one year and their third best center in the other year, and had really had no adequate replacement. Uh, and that was probably one of the biggest yeah. factors in them losing those series. So I, you know, not, I hate Nazem Kadri. Is somebody I you know criticized early in his career, loved the way he played later in his career, but it was probably time for him to move on. And it was a good trade for both teams. So I'm sure he'll get a great ovation from the Leaf. History repeats itself often with this franchise. How do we get it to stop repeating itself? This team needs to get past the first round and take a run towards a cup. And who knows? Long way to go. Michael, thank you so much. Talk to you soon.